Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Daf HaShavu as we study Mesechus Yivam Daf Nun Dalet. We uh, started to look at the Mishnah last week. This parak is a very, very important parak. Obviously, Mesechus Yivamos. In fact, much of what we have explained in the first three prakim, especially the first parak, assumes the knowledge of this parak. Um, I encouraged you last week to look at the Rambams. Someone else said, how about the Mishnayis? It's always a good idea when you study a parak, a new parak, to look in advance at the Mishnayis of that parak. And just as a, a call-out to Art Scroll, they have a phenomenal bottom-line Mishnayis. The two Art Scroll Mishnayis on um, Shas, one is much more detail-oriented, and recently the gray covers, which is now prominently focused in our beautiful Beit Midrash. Of course, Kahati, or whatever you want to use to learn the Mishnayis, is helpful. On the top of Nundalad, the Gemara makes a statement about uh, someone who is sleeping, a Yavam or a Yavama, who have relations while asleep. And it's not considered to be a yibum. Now, this is a big chiddush, especially because we've really established from the outset of the year that yibum is effectuated through a maisabiyah, through having sexual relations. Everything else is added on to it, whether it's the mamar, we discussed the parallels to nesuin, kiddushin, having a ksuba. But at its essence you can't get away from the fact that it's Bia. We've already seen in the Mishnah, although emotionally may be hard to accept, that even if the Bia is through a Shogeg, either through an Ones, Rahman al-Islan, is considered to be a Yibam. So why is it that if you're able to have the act of Bia and the party sleeping, it's not a Yibam? should just appreciate that it's a question. It's not like because you're sleeping, you're not involved in something. You're sleeping, okay, but there was also a shogeg and there was an ones when it worked. So Rashi and Tosos are both sensitive to Schollenbaum's question. And they have a slightly different approach, but I'm going to kind of put them together because we're going to try to get to Halacha that there's a lack of das. There's a lack of awareness, what we call in law mens rea, intent. Now, whether it's the lack of intent for the Kenyan, which is the way that Rashi goes, or lack of intent for the Misa, which is more the way Tosvos goes, but there's something that's lacking. And as highlighted by the Ritva, which I think really the Ritva does a great job on this, of course, is unlike a Shogeg or One's case, where the person has chosen, for example, not to have the knowledge, but they can if they wanted to. They're in an awareness state, but in this situation, they don't even have the ability to have knowledge or intent because they're basically dead. I mean, we know that we say that sleep is a 60th of death, but the person is not considered to be in a functional way. So what we're really seeing over here it's not just a bia that effectuates ibum. It has to be a, a bia while there's an awareness that of the human being of what is taking place. Or at least there can be an awareness of what's taking place. If you would, let's say, be dealing 
with the Shogate case. So it is very interesting. Again, if, I, if this was not the Torah that comes from Hashem, I would maybe would write the halacha differently. But we don't make up these things. So this is just a way of not prescribing what should happen, but describing the halacha. Now, I thought what I would do with this as a little bit of a bonus is let's talk a little bit about sleep and yahadus. And especially, if we can connect to this Gemara, sleep and awareness when it comes to mitzvahs. What happens, for example, if a person is sleeping and he is the 10th person for a minion? Is he considered to be alive? Enough of a presence for a minion to take place. That should just be one application of it. And we'll give some others as well. Before I get into the discussion about sleeping and being part of a minion, very often this discussion is connected to another one. And you find a lot, <clears throat> if you want a bottom line, in the Halach Lamas and the Shulchan Aruch, Archaim Nunhe. It's very, very important to Shulchan Aruch in regard to many issues relating to Minyan and answering Kaddish, etc. The basic assumption that we know is that you need 10 males for a Minyan. We actually learn it out from the Gemara. It's going to tie into the whole Meraglam story. But bottom line to the Rishonim and then to the Halacha Lamasa, there are Rishonim that hold that in uh, extenuating situations, Bashas Hadchak, you could have nine adults. We know this trick, the old trick, apparently this used to take place even in America, where you include a minor who's holding a Chumash, and this somehow works. Most poskim do not accept this. The bottom line is, he's not a Bar Chiyuva, you don't end up with a minion, people won't be able to say Kaddish, Kedusha, any other Tvarim, Shippa Kedusha. This issue is actually discussed in detail in the Beis Yosef. It obviously comes from the Gemara um, in Arachayim, Nun Hei Dalit. If you start listing the Rishonim, Rambam, Ramban, Rashba, Rush, absolutely cannot be counted. But you do have some of the Bali Misora, Rabbeinu Tam, the Razah, and others. There's a Tshuva from the Abiyah Omer, from Ravavadya. You look in the Chalik Dalad test where he goes through different possibilities. And at the end of the day, he says, no way in the world. There is a more lenient position of Ramosha, which we're not going to rely on today, and it ties into the fact that davening with a minion is really a dindarabanan, and in certain situations you could allow it. You look into the Igras Moshe Arachayim, Bays in Yud Ches. And the reason I give this long-winded introduction is because the Taz on Orachayim Simenunhe in his Sifkartan Dalit thinks that this would be the reason why a sleeping person should be allowed. You see, what happens in the Shulchan Aruch is the Shulchan Aruch makes this statement. Very interesting. Let's keep in mind that the Shulchan Aruch is the same person who wrote the Beis Yosef on the tour. And this seems to be a Masora from the Beis Yosef's father. We know a lot about the Beis Yosef's uh, Rebbe, who we know a lot about. We'll leave that for another time. What the Shulchan Aruch says straight out is, Here's our key. Oshahu 
if you have someone who is yashin sleeping, afil hachi mitzarif imahem. So the Shulchan Aruch says mitzarif. It could be included. And the Taz, who brings down from the Rebbe of the Beis Yosef and brought down in the Primagadim, is that you learn this from a kid. Just like there are those that will rely on a kid, so a sleeping Gadol is better. The Svaro, than a kid, the Svaro is there's the presence of a Jew, a male, over Ba Mitzvah. That is going to be better than the presence of a katan. And if that's going to be included, this is definitely going to be included. Now, the Taz then goes on to say, such a beautiful Taz, and he says that you could actually argue the opposite. Whatever reason we're able to establish that a katan is allowed, a katan, yeshbo kadusha, he has kadusha. He just is not a gadol. There's nothing you could do about it. But he still has kadusha Yisrael. But he quotes from a Zohar, incredibly, that when a person is sleeping, and we assume over here it's not just dozing off, I assume it's some kind of deep sleep. You know, when it comes to the halachas of a drunk person, you have different levels. I would assume that's the same as with sleep as well. There's a difference between being groggy and fast asleep. Just like by a uh, drunk, there's a category of being drunk like lot. There's a category of being drunk that you're not necessarily aware of everything that's around you, which is less of an issue, but still not ideal, of course, during davening. So he goes on to quote the Zohar that when a person is sleeping, the person is lacking a neshama. It's one of the reasons why we end up, of course, in the morning doing Nagel Vas, etc. The, nishma, the neshama is kedusha, and if there's no neshama, there is no kedusha. So in the Taz, you see the possibility of the Shulchan Aruch based on the, the parallel with the Katan. The Mishnah Brura is a lot less fancy with this, but it also has very, very important insights which we could extend to other areas of halacha. And again, keep in mind how we started this from a yibum. A, a situation of a sleepy person. The Mishnah Bura in Nunhe, Sif Katan Lamid Gimel. I'm just going to give you the bottom line. And most of his analysis is based on a prima gadim. He says, when, according to the Shulchan Aruch himself, there's a qualification. Sometimes there's a need just for physical presence, whether the person is up or not. It's not ideal, but it's okay. And he gives another example of Zimun. Also, if a person is sleeping, however, even the Shulchan Aruch would assume by Kriyas Torah and Siyas Kapayim, where it's not just presence that's necessary, but again, there needs to be a certain mindset. By Kriyas Torah, it has to be the mindset of being Osek in Talmud Torah, I'd assume. By Nesiyas Kapayim, I gave a share on this this past week for those that are listening between Nasa and Bahaloscha. There's a tremendous intensity. A person who's giving the bracha has to be aware of what's happening. The tzibor, according to the Sefer Charedim, is part of the mitzvah. So it's a higher level than just presence. There's some type of intellectual awareness that's necessary. And then he says, he leaves that Sarachian. This is the Mishnah Burr quoting his understanding of the Shochanarch. But then he says, when it comes to Kriyas HaMagila, 
There's no one in the world who's going to say that a sleepy person could be part of the ten, because by Megillah, by Asara Lepersume Nisa, Uviyashin Lecha Persum. What he's saying is that Persume Nisa is not just the fact that you have ten people and therefore there's publicity, but it's ten people engaged in the publicity. It's an incredible chiddush because the way his understanding is is that. What Pearson Nace is not passive. Even though you're just sitting and listening to the Megillah, you're playing an active role. So your presence isn't enough, and even your mindset isn't enough. You have to be more active. And that's why, unlike by Kriya Satara and the C.S. Kapayim, that he leaves B'Tzarech Ion, here it would not. Now, the bottom line is the way the Mishnabura concludes himself, is that if you're going to rely on this, Maybe you could rely on it if one person is sleeping, because this will bring us back to the cutdown situation. Okay, but you could have nine plus a cutdown. That's a din and minion. But if once you have more than one person, it's defined as a sleepy congregation, which means it's not going to work out. Now, what's pointed out, very interesting, going back by the Taz, and another reason why it's different then I would say even then a drunk and definitely a katan is a katan is a katan. You don't have any option. A person that's sleeping, wake him up. And this is going to lead me to the next part of the discussion. Is there an issue to wake someone up to do a mitzvah? We know in general you're not supposed to wake people up, but we'll try to show that in this situation that's the best option as well. So you really should never end up in any type of Suffolk land. And we're not going to use the Shulchan Aruch as the final word because there's a possibility that you could wake the person up. There's an incredible teaching from the Sefer Chassidim. The Sefer Chassidim from the Bali Teisvus, the great Bali Teisvus, in Simon Shinlayin Lamed Zayin, at least in our edition, it's called the Margolios edition. So he's discussing the issue of whether a child is allowed to wake up a parent. We know the Gemara, the famous story of Dhamma ben Nasina who was willing to uh, give up riches and not wake up his parent. But he says, a child has to make a calculation. What would make the parent happy? If a parent wakes up and realizes that he missed davening or realizes that he missed out on opportunities to do other mitzvahs, and therefore mitzvah, then it's better to actually wake them up. So there's not a prohibition of Gezel Shena as a categorical prohibition. It's based on the child knowing what the parent would be happier with. Now, there's tremendous hashkafa in that. Hopefully, kids know that their parents would be happier to do mitzvahs than sleep through mitzvahs. And that's what he says at the end. It's not just that they wouldn't be disappointed to be woken up, but ma'achir she'aviv sameachalzeh, the parent will say, Baruch Hashem, that you raised me, that you know that I want to go to shul, v'chein, and therefore, and I think it's similar going back to our issue with the sleeping through the minion. Wake the person up, and then they'll be able to be a participant. They wouldn't be at shul if they really just wanted to sleep. Now, last year during Corona, a question came to Rav Edelstein, Rav Gershon Edelstein, I'm happy to send the source to you. And the question was asked him about Bacharim who were sleeping in. 
When he came to Bachrim, who was sleeping in, I'm not sure exactly what age, Rav Edelstein said, and this is so counterintuitive, he said, don't be so makbid on waking them up for Zmantvila Kriya Shema. Incredible. Let them sleep. He wasn't saying this as a law that we don't care anymore about Zmantvila Kriya Shema. But I think he appreciated it. He intuited the emotional challenges. This was actually in April 23rd, 2020, the very beginning, towards the beginning of the pandemic. And he felt, as he explains, that it's only through Darche Noam, not through being overly critical of our children, that we're going to get them to keep the responsibility of the Torah. So he was looking here, not at the short term, this particular minion on a Wednesday morning, but long term that there shouldn't be this visceral hatred towards yahadus by of parents through this difficult emotional time throwing their kids out of bed. It takes a lot of chachma. I also wanted to refer to a very interesting machlokas that you find in some of the contemporary poskim about Gezel Shena. It's actually not so clear to be able to trace where exactly is there this prohibition of waking up people. A lot of these issues are discussed in Choshin Mishpat, where you have neighbors that are making too much noise. And there's a question about whether you could establish a yeshiva in such an institution. The Rambam talks about how in a community, obviously, you're allowed to have yeshiva. If it's going to end up waking up people, what are you supposed to do about it? But that doesn't push us to creating more noise than necessarily. And the call of Torah should not be waking up people. So this is discussed by Rav Ozner in the Tshuva Chelek Zayin Simen Reish Chaf Dalit. Talks about the need for a yeshiva to be aware of its neighbors. You could find the discussion of Chosh Mishpat Samach Gimel. And at a certain point, you have to close the doors. It's a nuisance if we're going to have the learning being so loud and the kids making noise on their way to the learning, etc., he says this is definitely true of where you're dealing with sick people because here you're already somewhere in the pikuach nefashos realm even though it's not exact pikuach nefashos. It's interesting that in contradistinction the Mishnah Halachas in his Shailas Yudvos Chelik Yudal at Simon Reish there are other places as well Chelik Yudbei Simon Tuf Mem Gimel he's much more liberal in allowing the call of Torah. And it goes back to our conversation. Listen to this. If the call of Torah is waking up people, we're doing them a favor. It's like the call of Har Sinai. Because inside of them, at least in the Neshamas, they want to be woken up to the sounds of Torah. And he brings what he thinks is a, a very strong proof from Perik Vav, of the Rambam. In Chelek Yud Beis, in Metaf Mem Gimel, he gets into a whole long discussion about, based on Gemara and Sanhedrin, on Ayin Aleph Amid Beis, how Rishayim like to sleep and they like to drink wine, and it's all the same. People sleep through life. We should look for opportunities to wake them up from life, for life, and a little less sleep, but more dedication to Torah. So I took this year in a very different direction than uh, perhaps you imagined, but halachalamasa, sleeping as part of a mitzvah, we've given you some highlights in the realm of Ishus and in the realm of Arachayim. Have a great week of learning.